and welcome to episode 97 of the 1099 for the week of June 19th, 2017. I am your host, Josiah Renaughton, and with me today is the video guru for Game Ranks and the most popular unverified account on Twitter. Back again for at least the fourth time, Jake Baldino. Jake, how are you doing today? Hey, what's up, dude? Thanks. Thanks as always. It's really great to be here. Uh, that Yeah, don't bring up the verified thing, please. It's a very soft spot. I've heart. been denied three times i think i don't know if i've applied since uh there's now a game with my name in the credits i don't know if that helps me in any way i don't know if i get to them a screenshot and be like look you would think it i'm would. important but... you would think it would but the way they seem to be going it's not i don't know it's strange like there's definitely because it's not really follower count definitely couldn't be follower count because you have like forty thousand, and you don't have it yet but there's like people with like 300 who work at some i guess somewhat prestigious outlet or something like that and every yeah. single person at the outlet is verified but then it's like yeah. if you were on youtube and you're a big person yeah it doesn't matter i've tried everything i've said I've, people have tried to impersonate me one time like multiple times a million people have watched my face like more than once yeah um uh, i've been on the news i've been on tv i've been on live internet shows i've worked with other people that are verified like nothing nothing your face is famous at this point. Like nah, you have a you have a, you, you have a famous face. That's the, nah. I you have a partially famous face. Please put on your resume. I have a partially famous face. That sounds and like then, a, that sounds like an affliction. <laughs> any job you want to get in the future, you'll get. Uh, so after E three with podcasts, uh, you went to E three. I stayed at home this year, and yes. usually there's like this string of podcasts that are like, here's who won E three or the best games from E three. And so I feel like that's kind of fulfilled, like that need, mm -hmm. if you want to like listen to those shows, they're out there. So we're going to do some things a little differently today. Uh, you and I have kind of come up with some goofy ass awards. Um, some, some goofy, some normal, just like some off the beaten path things that I, I think. Yeah, I was, I, p I picked some like lame ones like, oh, what's the, like, I got, I got pretty lame ones. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you need, you need like, you need this more standard stuff to center us. So I'm not going on this weird track talking exactly. about like Josiah, Dragon down, Ball like, Fighters. Okay. And like Nino Kuni too for an hour. Yeah. yeah, I don't. You don't want me to do that for a long time. So we're gonna go <laughs> over those um, about halfway through. But first, I, something I was gonna do a um, a pre E three show with a freelancer, but instead it kind of lined up that Jeff Gersman filled that spot, which was super cool. Hey, and I really want to do no a <laughs> I really want to do a post E three show too to talk about you know what it's like because this year was different. Like the public was in, and I heard it was very busy and smelly and not great in spots and uh it was a weird year because um a lot of the press conferences kind of disappointed in unique ways there wasn't as much like brand new hardware there of course was the xbox one x but it was it was a different kind of year so before we really get into that how was your show personally i mean you were there for game ranks you this youtube channel that now has over three million subscribers yeah three and, um, and a half million we just hit that's still every single time you say it, it's crazy uh you it was you and two other people right yeah it was uh it was cool it was uh the first time really actually going 100 percent as a team going to work having a place to work and just kind of doing it like working like crazy like some nights uh, some days we woke up really early some days we worked until two o'clock in the morning uh we just all were like around a table it felt kind of like a like a silicon valley incubator like we're all just like at a kitchen <laughs> table like making stuff uh it felt really good and fulfilling in that regard um we didn't do like gangbusters we didn't blow the roof off in terms of views or anything but we gave our people like what they wanted to watch uh we averaged like 
3,500 new subscribers a day while we were doing it. So that's a ga- that's a win for me. Like Jesus. new eyes locking on is fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah. it was good. It, it was also the first year I went with like a a spreadsheet and an actual schedule. That's that's in big thanks to Tom, our like camera dude slash jack of all trades. Uh, it was the first year where I like usually every year I wing it. I like I I kind of just talk my way into parties. I I talk my way into appointments and just kind of stumble around. And just get lucky. This is the first year where I went with like a plan, a content strategy, an appointment strategy, seeing exactly what I need to see, not just taking anything. And uh, it was it was cool. It was really fulfilling. I felt like it was my first E3. This is my fourth. Jesus, my fourth wow. E3, and it felt like the first one, like where I was a big boy. Yeah, like, like an like an adult with pants, you know. <laughs> it, it, especially, it's helpful for you right now because. All these lines are so busy because it's uh, it's media, it's public, and like let's be honest, when with E3, you can have a personal blog. I can have Josiah talks shit about video game dot xxx, and uh, if I apply to like E3, I will probably get in as long as I have like kind of an okay following. But for you, yeah. you do have this audience. Like Game Ranks has a major audience at this point. Like it's when you get to the 3.5 million and you're employing all these different people, like it's a big operation. So it must have been a benefit to you to actually reach out to people like, you know, Microsoft, like Sony, like, you know, Bandai Namco, Namco Bandai. I don't know which one it even is I anymore. I always say it different. I don't it, know. It's, they need to stop flipping it. Uh, I actually say, able... I actually refer to it as Bandai Namco, Namco Bandai every single time. It's we the bring smart it up. way to do it. You cover yeah. your bases. Uh, <laughs> exactly like to actually reach out to them say like okay here's here's what we want to do here's the kind of coverage we want to do here's the numbers because you know those companies care about the numbers and then you do get the appointments that you want i mean was it easy to actually get to the not always behind closed door demos but the demos that you're not waiting in line forever and did you actually get in any behind closed doors demos not uh, a couple yeah but it's funny this year was was good for that because yeah you just kind of pitch and they're like oh yeah of course like look at look at you yeah come on in um like when they see our numbers and stuff but uh like believe it or not sony still doesn't answer us like they just don't answer me i've never spoken to anyone at sony i'll talk to them Uh, i got it thank you thank you (laughs) um xbox is awesome uh we were able to see a lot of cool things for xbox we got a ton of hands-on time with like all their stuff um and nintendo believe it or not this was actually the first time i had any correspondence or interaction with anything nintendo in the game industry and i was really really excited and it was really cool because we were at their thing and reggie walked past us and oh my god how tall was he like he seven was, four he's a big dude he's a big dude and he had like a bodyguard slash assistant that was also very big was, was um, he as big or was reggie bigger he was they were pretty even because i reggie was almost like dunk. who's the bodyguard yeah he looks like he can dunk or at least he dunked at one yeah. point in his life in my head know. in my head canon reggie can dunk <laughs> it was very interesting though because as he walked by us uh, you know, Reggie, like, Reggie speaks like a like a president. Like, he talks very presidential, and he mm-hmm. says everything, very intended, and it's marketing speak. Like, but he walked past us, and he was just talking to the person next to him as a human being, and it blew me away. Like, it's he was just like, yeah, I'm Reggie, things. what's up? And I was like, what? He's real? <laughs> yeah, like, meeting those people, uh, I remember when I was at E3, and it was, um, Adam Boys isn't really a robot speaky kind of guy, but when he was at Sony, yeah. of course, when he's at press conferences... You kind of get speed. that, yeah. Like it gets, it, it's corporate to a certain extent. And then when I, I was having a drink with him, uh, and it was just so like, oh, you're a normal person. I think Reggie is one of the ultimate. And Nintendo in general, like they are. You mentioned that you've had trouble like actually getting in contact with Sony. Nintendo was always like my white whale. Like yes. no matter how much it I always tried, was for me. 
yeah, no matter how much I tried, actually getting one of them to send code or to, like to work together for PAX or E3, no matter what size outlet I was working on, unless like it was literally GameSpot doing it for me, I could never do it. Like there's certain companies that yeah. there's certain ones that are really easy to talk to. Other ones, it's like, what do I have to do? Like, do I need to own YouTube to actually be able to talk to you and do these different things? Even with Nintendo, I got lucky just because it was I was I had a very close like friend slash contact for PR for one company, so I did a lot of PR stuff through him. Uh, and then he left that job and got a job with the firm that works with Nintendo. So I just yeah. got a text, and it was like, "Hey, you want to come by Nintendo when you're at E3?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yes, yes, please." Uh, so that was great. Anyone who's ever done freelance or it wants to do freelance, like that is so many different. Like I've had that situation happen to me so many times where it's you are working or know someone who works at, I don't know, let's say like Devolver or something like that. And suddenly they move, you know, if you want to think about it as up, move up to an EA or a Sony or a Nintendo and suddenly you have yeah. a contact there. Like it's crazy how much that actually happens. Instead of establishing new contacts, it's like your previous contacts work for different companies and now you're introduced to a new person at the company before, and also you have this new contact. Like, it's such a strange thing. That's why it's, like, my golden rule to just be cool with everyone. Just be nice with everyone. There's no need for any hostility because just being nice will just always help you out in the long run. Making friends always just helps. That's it. You mentioned that, like, you, you didn't do gangbusters. Like, you're not getting, like, 2 million views per video you've done based on anything mm -hmm. E3 related. But well, we do you did, kind of feel but... like you... No. <laughs> <laughs> do you... Do you kind of feel like you got your money's worth out of going? Um Yes. Because yeah. it's, it's it's a weird thing now where so many things are streamed, so many things are just available, you know, you can just watch them on Twitch or a lot of the demos are directly on YouTube. But did you feel yeah. like you did enough kind of exclusive things and like unique things with different games, different publishers that actually flying out there was worth it? Mostly. Uh, we do the normal coverage that we do, which gets a lot of views, you could do from anywhere. We could do it from like our apartments or whatever or at home or in the office. Uh, but... We did two videos, two, two and a half videos that you needed to be there for, and they did fairly well, so it's good. But I, I also put a lot of value in actually just going there, showing your face, telling people about what the thing you work for is, and just reinforcing with people you've already met before and shaking their hand and being like, yes, hello, I'm still alive, remember me here? Uh, that plus just, you know, meeting new people, working out how new people can help you. Uh, get further uh, how you can learn you know stuff like that i think is worth it definitely and i mean yeah we do it we definitely do it on a shoestring like last year even we debated and we didn't even go like i went to e3 but i was just like fuck it i'll go by myself because for game ranks at the time it's like we had the money but we didn't think it was really justified to like send a team there and cover stuff mm -hmm. because for us we never did the coverage thing of, like, me with a microphone on the show floor saying, Hello, I'm Jake Baldino. I just played Super Mario Odyssey. That, oh, like, our people don't come for that. And uh, yeah. so we weren't going to, like, kid ourselves. So it's still it's still good. I, I think overall it was absolutely a win. It wasn't, like I said, a gangbusters win, uh, but it, it was a win. I still sometimes I think, like, maybe what if we just don't go? But then once I'm there and I'm walking around, I'm like, I will go here and take a loss. I don't care. Like, it's it's reinvigorating for for work, too. Like, you, yeah. you go there, you see other people, you meet other people that are just in this stuff, and they love it, and they love what they do, and they're passionate. And you meet fans, too, and stuff like that, and it just makes you want to fucking get home and hit the ground running and just work even harder. So that, to me, is freaking valuable. Every single E3 I don't go to, I'm always, like, it doesn't make sense for me financially or this or that. Like, this year it didn't make sense because, like, 
the game that my studio worked on is out. Um, yeah. And like, you know, it's not like we're doing like DLC or anything right now or anything like that for it or any announcements. Uh, so it would just be like, all right, I need to go from Jacksonville to L.A., pay for that, the hotel, everything else. Um, and it didn't make sense. But as soon as like it starts, I'm like, God damn it. For the exact same reasons you mentioned, I wish I was there just to see people, to hang out with people, to actually meet people that maybe you've only interacted with on Twitter. Um, yeah. And like actually like just get out there, go to the parties. Because I got invited to parties that were cool that I really wanted to go to. And like I, there's a lot of different things I wanted to be able to do that I couldn't do. Um, oh, man. Oh, man. I, I want to go. <laughs> the entire time I was like, oh, I wish I did. But like, of course, it's like in the end, I'm like, well, I didn't spend $1,200 that, you know, I wouldn't have actually gotten anything out of it. I, I couldn't have put anything on a YouTube channel. Um, like I could have maybe done some like on the show floor podcast, but it didn't make sense for me this year. Uh, mm-hmm. You did mention meeting fans. How much interaction did you have with the – because, again, it was actual – you know, people who aren't media out there, people who are paying for the tickets. I watched uh, a Polygon live stream of um, Nick Robinson and Griffin McElroy who were just like walking around the show floor and they're streaming it. And it was like yeah. literally every three seconds they were stopped by fans and I take selfies. How many selfies did you have to take with people? Uh, a lot. And it was really cool. I was blown away because, I mean, I've been doing this for a bit and I've been going to other gaming conventions. But I think the fan, like the fans and enthusiasts, people who go to E3 are the like the hardest of the hardcore oh yeah so they will they will be the people that watch a bunch of youtube channels and love all the major outlets they love the ign the game spot the you know every the polygon even in everything in between so uh i i but i didn't really think of that going in until after but like i met a lot of people uh you know some were like oh you're the game ranks guy oh man awesome and, and some people who were like wow jake baldino i've watched every single one of your videos i love what game ranks does teach me you know stuff like that and that was cool it was very jarring it was really weird to realize that like now i have to add an extra five ten minutes in between appointments because i'm gonna be stopped um (laughs) but i got to meet a lot of people like i met uh some freelancers i met some people that were just straight up just just fans of gaming uh i met people who were developers i met uh people who were i met two people who were in the military who just couldn't play games for like two years and 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 live vicariously through our youtube videos like that's like amazing ev- younger people like i was like how young are you how could you get in here uh older people i met a guy who worked for blizzard for like 11 12 years uh he was fantastic i was able to like talk to him for like 10 minutes and really get his insight on things uh i'm like really i i don't like like lucky is a weird word to use but like i feel so fucking fortunate it's so crazy like I'm going to cry. I'm not crying at all, but like it's it's really something I'll never get used to or get over. It's so strange because right now when you see a video with your face on, it has like one or two million views. Like that's amazing. and It's awesome for you. know Like you can look at that and be like, that's really cool. But it yeah. means something entirely different when these people that watched your videos and commented are actually like meeting you and like actually yep. like, hey, these are real people. These aren't just random numbers on anything like it's the same thing where. It's a different type of thing, but when I get an email from someone who listens to the podcast and is thankful and like is asking for advice and stuff like that, when I get stuff like that, it means way more than seeing that this has this many thousands of downloads. Like it's an yeah. entirely different world. Oh yeah, um, did, it blows you away. Did you uh, see kind of this shift to there are way more YouTubers and influencers at the show than uh, like regular traditional media? Like when you were walking the floor, I'm guessing you know a lot of YouTubers, you know a lot of media, and I'd put you more in like the the games journalist quote unquote side than the actual like famous YouTuber side of this yeah. equation. Um, but did you see kind of maybe a shift more towards, there's a lot of people who look like their name on YouTube might be battlefront fan 420. 
Yes. Uh, what I did see a lot is everyone there, whether they had a press badge or a non-press badge, every single person had a camera. And they were pointing a camera at something, or they were pointing a camera at their face and talking, and it was mind blowing. Like, it, 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 I'm always fascinated because it's becoming sort of like, a, like a commodity. Like, there's this whole like sub market of people that want to do basically what I do for a living, yeah. and it's 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 cool. It's also weird. The cynical yeah, that side part of me sounds insufferable like of just like video selfies yeah. and like, look at this cool. Like, Call of Duty character that I see right here. Here's my face. Like, but uh, I also look at it as, like, competition. Every single one of them. I could beat them all up. I'm like, <laughs> no. Uh, but I do look around. I'm like, look at all these people that are, are actively trying to eat my lunch. And it makes me want to work even harder. It makes me also question how the hell I even got here. But <laughs> it's, it's, your, it's your partially famous face. It's, it really it's works definitely in those video selfies. Because, you know, E3's previous, even, you know, I mean, let's be real with E3, previous E3's, they let, it was it was all industry press stuff like that, but a lot of more casual people got in. Uh, but even still, it's totally different now. Like I used to see way more people with notebooks and recorders, like no joke, like voice memo recorders. Uh, now everyone has a camera. And I used to. I brought the the recorder and the notebook when I went in 2013. That's exactly what I had. I remember being great. in a. I remember being in a um a demo for Dead rising three i think at the time and i had like a little recorder and everything and i was like taking notes and shit i had a pencil behind my ear a little hat that had the word press in it that none of that part's true but yeah no there was like so much of that back then yeah and it's like it's definitely been a very quick shift especially with uh i mean i mean all these companies are for the most part embracing that like they had uh the amount of emails i got too where it was like oh you can also you could set up your stuff and you could just stream right from our booth what the fuck yeah, and I was like, there's no way I'm, like, logging into my very important accounts and hooking up to your internet and, like, just, just winging it through your shit and your network. Like, no way. It was so strange. It was, like, everything, every single press conference, every single, like, reveal felt, felt like it was, like, here's the game and here's a bunch of influencers who we flew out to play it, which is just yes. so much. I get the strategy. Like, I am not, like, shitting on EA or any other publisher for doing that because... You want, I mean, the, the best sort of like actual reaction is like, hey, we're going to pay you to come fly out and then see this thing really early. And of course, they're going to like it. You paid them yeah. like you, you they're flying out on your dollar to see this thing they're passionate about that even if it has issues, they're going to be like, fuck, yeah, go EA, like there's stuff like that. But it is. And it's a company. It's like, oh, streamers and YouTubers are in right now. So yep. let's embrace them. Like it's it's a no brainer for them. Well, it seems but like I, we don't know how to use influencers right now, though, because I, it's like they're doing I, weird yes. like it, reading off prompters and being put in situations where it's like, that's not why they're good. Like, that's not why people yep. like them. I agree 100%. There was a really good piece about that. I think it was from Waypoint uh, where it was about how these people, yeah, they weren't being played to their strong suit. They were kind of just brought out, like strung along on stage or on a live stream to be like paraded out when they could be honed in on like what they actually do well. And, you know, they're still figuring that out. I would like to see them figure that out. I, I don't know. I, it seems like Jeff Keighley tried with his whole game thing where he had people on youtube and uh twitch on mm. his show to talk about stuff uh that seemed okay even that like he he chose some people that i was like why would you choose that person they're irrelevant but i'm not gonna talk shit um, <laughs> i just want to be on there come on jeff no that was um, the real reason i get it no uh it's it's interesting though i i think i don't i don't know if that's gonna be a thing that like like goes on forever 
I, I really, the one thing I thought that was really weird, well, the one thing that I just was, not weird, but I was just confused by was the Battlefront one in particular, oh, where yeah. the Battlefront people during the live thing, they all played and they all streamed and all the gameplay really that exists out there for Battlefront is on YouTube and Twitch channels. It's, uh, it's insane because it was also like shoutcasted. And yeah, like, yeah. that was the worst part about it is like, here's, like you said, like influencer people playing it, but it's also being, it's like EA was like, all right, we know influencer big, we know shoutcasting and esports is big. Let's just all yeah. make that. And like, it felt so one inauthentic and two, it's like, can we just have like, I, the game actually looks cool. Can we just actually have the game? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's still, you know, it's almost like, a, I, I'm not hating on it, but I think it could be a little bit of a distraction. Uh, yeah. I do like going on to YouTube and searching and just seeing the gameplay, not a very confusing mix of like all different gameplays. And especially on their side, like thinking from them, there's not a lot of quality control there, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's very, it's... things are changing rapidly. Like they always have been, uh, but yeah. And I don't think, um, of course, like influencers or YouTubers or shoutcasting isn't a fad, but yeah, I think it's them being on stage and them being used in this way feels like it. Cause it, again, it just feels like, like you said, like, Oh, these things are popular. Let's use them. But no one's figured out kind of the best way to do that yet. Maybe there isn't a best way. Maybe they just shouldn't be doing stage stuff like that. Maybe we don't need, um, I was like so ready for even like sea of thieves. And then suddenly it's like this, you know, kind of cartoony, cool adventure. Yeah. And then suddenly I was expecting more shout casting. I was expecting more like, here's some random YouTubers that we brought on to play this. Like the fact they didn't made me happy. And the fact that like, I shouldn't get excited when I'm not being shouted at. <laughs> like, it shouldn't be like, that common. I, I think that, and I mean, a lot of people say this, like, this isn't an unpopular, but like, influencer stuff and influencer marketing isn't going to go away overnight. No. Uh, it's going to be around for a bit, uh, but don't feel like you have to force it into everything. Yeah. You know? You play to its strengths. And it shouldn't go away. Like, there is a cool aspect to it, and there are, like, you know, even though influence is a terrible word, there are influencers who like I do enjoy watching on YouTube and stuff like that. But yeah, it's just we got to use it the right way. Um, so again, this was a public show. So kind of coming away from it, this being your fourth E3, this being your first E3 that was probably this packed. Uh, does it and did it feel healthier than the last few years? Because I was when I was talking to Jeff a couple of weeks back, he had mentioned he was doing podcasts on the show floor because it was so empty in spots and like yes they were just like portions of it where it's like this feels like it's just keeps shrinking and shrinking so it sounds like there were a lot of issues maybe with not exactly planning for the number of people who were there but coming away from it like how did it go and maybe what could you see them improving on for next year's show it definitely felt more alive last year looking at all the empty spaces i was like oh man is next year going to be smaller? And then next year, am I going to go, oh, man, I really shouldn't have even bothered to come? Yeah, is there going uh, to be was, an E3? Yeah. And now it was this year was the complete opposite. It was definitely more packed. Um, I, I think there's a lot of salty industry type people complaining, like overly mm. complaining about it a little bit. I think like, all right, chill out, dude. Like, this is this is your life. Like, be happy that there's people f- packing these rooms. Um I didn't have too much of a problem. I, I did get stuck in a couple like long lines that like I w- were actually media lines, which was you know weird. Wow. But I, I I I it was very different in the sense that it, it was the first time there was uh big stage like little stages set up throughout the show floor with microphones and they were throwing out you know uh, Oculus Rifts and stuff like giveaways and 
There was a t- wait. T-shirt were, they, were they were they throwing Oculus Rifts into the crowd? I don't like. I saw someone hold one up and be like, "Who wants it?" That and sounds so like, dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was shit like that though. Like, and that's stuff you would see at a Comic Con or a PAX or a or a QuakeCon. And um, there was T-shirt booths and merch booths like all over the place, like crazy. Sony had a gigantic merch booth right outside E3 that had a line that would like last an entire day. And uh, it was very different in that regard. It definitely felt more alive. Um, I just, my biggest concern was like, are these people coming as fans going to have enough to keep them occupied considering it's a trade show more or less designed around the press and being industry. Uh, So it seemed like kind of it it landed in the middle. I think a lot of people, a lot of people that I spoke to and and heard uh, were a little bummed out by how many lines they had to wait on. But that's also conventions, whatever convention you go to, whether it's a fan convention or an industry one. But I, I, I don't know. I think there was some more excitement. It was louder. It was definitely smellier. It was more crowded. Uh, there was a lot more like larger-than-life presentation stuff. But E3 has been like that for a while. It just felt like now it fully went full into it uh booth babes are also back kind of which i thought that was like a a rule that they couldn't do that but i was like oh that's interesting um yeah so it it was it was it was definitely a shift in a lot of ways but i didn't i didn't hate it i i think i would like you know like that uh media day like oh okay the first day it's media and then the, the other two days are like fan days or whatever i would have liked something like that but at the end of the day i didn't really it didn't bother me too much yeah, that would be ideal as having... It was like a, a good fucking excuse, though, when I was late <laughs> to an appointment. I was late to an appointment just because I suck. I wasn't late for any reason, but I I got late to the appointment, and like I'm like, oh, man, it's so crazy out there this year. Like, where, who are all these people? And they're like, oh, my God, I know. We're so tired. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's why I'm an hour late. <laughs> yeah. That would, that would be, that is a good built-in excuse. <laughs> the, the media day would be super cool because yeah. um, the only reason I would ever... Because I agree with you to a certain extent. Like a lot of the the complaining is like, you do write about video games. You remember that, right? But there's also yeah. the um, this is a job for a lot of people. For a lot of the for all the press, it is. But for a lot of people, it's like literally this is I'm here for business. Yeah, and, you do need uh, to get stuff done. Yeah, and I need to actually spending get spending a lot of money done. to do that. Totally, and it, it's a huge investment for some uh, different like actual uh, publications and stuff like that. That's why I do think a media day or maybe like get in an hour early just so you can play shit. And yet the the main concern I always had with the E3 public thing was, like you said, like what are they going to do? Like it's going to be like a four-hour line to play a game that you're probably going to play. Like I heard it was like at one point a five to six-hour wait or something to that level of insanity for Assassin's Creed. I'm like, motherfucker, that game comes out in like four months five months like you're playing a demo like just wait for the full thing there's like certain a lot of lines of were that. capped by midday like a lot of lines were capped off by midday That's i will give amazing. props to nintendo nintendo definitely seemed to do a good job at pivoting towards a public style booth like it was totally like people were coming in they weren't waiting online forever everyone got to, everyone and their mother got to play super mario odyssey and and that was that was pretty good but then there was other stuff like uh Call of Duty World War Two that was very very closed off and felt more just like traditional E3 stuff. Yeah, because a lot of that stuff too is I remember when I was there for the original Destiny, it was just you wait in line, you don't even play it, you just get a theater demo. And like, could you imagine like spending all that money to get to E3 and you wait in line for two hours and you have a theater demo? Like, yeah, I'll just watch this online. Like, this yeah. will be posted online in like a week. So, yep. but, I mean, it's cool to be in that environment. I totally understand why people were super amped to be at E3 because you know, for people like us in high school, it was like E3 was just the shit. 
and it was oh my always God, yeah yeah i always want to go to e3 so just going is amazing but i, I, I think, just think since i picked up my first game pro my first yeah. game pro in like 1998 and i was like whoa e3 what's that whoa cool i want to go there like it's crazy yeah i just think they need to maybe adjust a little bit more to actually like really appeal to those people who are coming who aren't press who aren't getting in early with meetings and stuff like that and really make it more fun for them like what find I, a I way to say, do that I, I will say what does help is that L.A. during that time does become now, like, very much video game town. Yeah. Uh, because EA EA had their own whole event, their whole EA play thing, all the way up in Hollywood. Uh, there were parties scattered just throughout Los Angeles. Like, oh parties open to the public and put on by these companies. Devolver had their lot, which was going to have a public lot, but they didn't get that, which that would have been – that would have helped. Uh, in between – uh, you know, there's also the E3 Coliseum thing, which was totally open to the public, which was like panel styles things with Jeff Keighley. That was that was cool. Yeah, then was cool. in between uh, Staples Center and L.A. Live and stuff, there was a whole outdoor thing with Far Cry 5 food trucks and a giant screen that just had Tekken tournaments going on, like live Tekken 7 tournaments on. See, but that's cool. And that's the kind of stuff you have to do, like give yeah. people shit to do instead of wait in line. That, I think, is a really good half step, like, to just go to E3 and be like, oh, right now I'm in video game Mecca. Like, okay, maybe I got to wait online to play five minutes of Destiny 2 Crucible, but there's all this other excitement going on, and that's, you know, I think that's worth it. Yeah, hopefully they keep adding to that. Uh, other than Reggie, did you have any other, like, holy shit, I can't believe it's blank moments with people? Any, like, starstruck, I just talked to this person, or I just saw this person walk by? Um... No, nothing tops last year when I got to, like, speak to Todd Howard for, like, five minutes. Oh, man. Uh, I was in the same room as, uh, what's his name? I can't even remember his name now. I'm blanking. Uh, from Bethesda. Uh, oh, but Pete Hines? Pete Hines. Pete Hines, yeah. Boom. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, do I, like, because he was, like, totally, like, available to just speak to. And I was like, oh, my God, do I talk to him? I didn't. Uh, oh, you always just go for it. Even if you sound stupid, I you know. always got to go for it. I know it was the one time I didn't. I didn't have I, enough alcohol. Like that—that's that, usually the thing because I was behind. Uh, I was going to the 20, 2013 uh, PlayStation press conference. I was yeah. literally a foot behind Hideo Kojima and I never said anything to him. And I regret. Holy it to this crap! Day. Holy I know crap, that's uh, he crazy. smells great. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have anything that big. Like I'm kind of used to seeing like Cliff Blazinski around and like stuff like that. Not to like sound like a fucking douchebag, but um, <laughs> yeah, like usually the people that you would see. The, who are out and about you see them every so often yeah um i did chase after ed boone but i didn't catch him i saw him and i was like oh and i like went after him and he was gone uh at a party but... he yelled at me on twitter once you ever have those those moments yeah you ever have those moments he didn't like a review you ever have those moments where someone who you really respected or really like looked up to randomly says something to you on twitter and you go oh and yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah 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 i think it was a review back in like 2012 that wasn't it was i tweeted about it because it was for the site that i worked for and that was the editor-in-chief of for the original injustice and he tweeted me back and said like this is a garbage review <laughs> oh no i didn't write it but i was like oh man Still, Ed Boone, oh, no no oh, no uh, that sucks uh yeah, you know, he's probably a nice guy. It's his game, I get it. Um, okay, we're going to count that as the first half of this podcast for the E3 wrap-up because I want to get into awards. Uh, again, we have like 11 or so here that are not just going to be like game of show. There is a, there is a game of show one at the end because I at least want to know what you actually played and thought was the best. But let's start here um, because this seemed to be a theme that I got out of the show that surprised me. And this is the game you thought might be total trash, but now you're actually going to buy award. Uh, and that's because we both have the w 
we have two each on this one, and we mm-hmm. the first one we have to we have to talk about Rabbids and Mario because that was like the least appealing announcement and looking thing previous that I've ever seen. Where I'm like, this is the it's worst a bad idea. elevator pitch. Like, yeah, it's, it's like here's our shitty minions, which were minions before <laughs> minions. But I got like, a lot of flack for saying that. Like here's our shitty rabbit minions. Uh, dressed as Mario characters in this game that's probably just like it looks just like the biggest like cash grab we don't care about it but ends up being Mario XCOM and looks amazing like did you get hands-on or did you see the video I got a little bit of hands-on very very briefly uh and yeah it, it's like there's everyone who's behind it gives a shit like gives a real shit like they well, care the dude was crying when it was shown on yeah, stage yeah, yeah. it was adorable I love that dude bless yeah. that man uh yeah no it uh it definitely it it feels like how it looks pretty much is what I can say. I didn't really get to do a lot. It was kind of like tutorial stuff, but uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I was not into it until they showed it and they spent a lot of time on it. And I was like, yeah, I could play this. This looks fun. This looks yeah. good. It's, this looks like something I will play on my switch. You know? Isn't it going to be weird where like this 10 year old kid gets this game for Christmas and suddenly he has to play an XCOM game. Like I, I like it, that. That's good. It, it maybe, but is young. it gonna be maybe a little bit too complicated, or you think it'll be fine? It very well could be, but they might also just be re- like they might also realize to a point, be like, all right, let's be real. Most of you thirty-year-old nerds are gonna be playing this, you know. That's true. Okay, well, I guess that makes sense. All I'm saying is Mario has. We done... all will be. Yeah, Mar- yeah. That's a big deal. That's huge. Probably gonna get a Switch at the end of the year, and that would be a game good, I would man. totally get. Which is like good. the last thing I ever thought I would say about a fucking Rabbids <laughs> game. But here we this are. This game will make me buy the Switch. It's so weird. Uh, the other game that I want to bring up is Assassin's Creed, only because yes. I really don't like Assassin's Creed. Like it's just yeah. I've never been a fan. I I liked Black Flag, um, but I really disliked the first one, and never really, I never really grabbed me from there. But the the level up system the way this game fucking looks in motion the the yeah. fact that you're like equipping things the the RPGness of this really intrigues me yes. um and I thought I was I thought I was done with Assassin's Creed since the first one and I definitely thought I was done with it now but that year off this is one of the best examples without actually playing it but just from what I've seen it was one of the best examples of why big franchises need to take a year off after being annualized for so long just to kind of pick, yep. pick back up, figure out what to change. You don't have a time to change something in a year um, and move on from there. So that's another one that I'm super I'm different, into. I'm different than you because I, I played the shit out of every single one, like back, like front to back, played the shit out of them. I, I really liked most of them. Uh, Black Flag is definitely my absolute favorite. But uh, what that first showing, I was like, "Wow, okay, the setting seems new, but gameplay-wise, it does not seem as different as I would expect at first really? glance." Like I expected, like, "Oh, they took a year off. They've been working on this game since Black Flag." I expected more, uh, but once I got my hands on the controller, once I got to play it for a few minutes, uh, that's when you feel like, "Okay, this is like a this is a refresh." They 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 moved some things around. They took some things out. Uh, you now automatically run. There's no run button. Like little oh, things yes. like that. The way the AI works, they feel a little less dumb. Like, little things really seem to have made the difference, like, once well, you actually get to play it. They can also make you care about combat. Because before, like, in a lot of, like, I wouldn't care about combat unless I was forced into it. Now, if I'm raising yeah. levels, if I'm getting better equipment from people, like, I'm actually going to care about fighting in that game. Yes. Which is yeah, huge. which is huge. I mean, progression, I'm a sucker for a good progression system. Oh, dude, it's so. it's my it's my fucking thing. Like, if you read any Josiah yeah. review from GameSpot ever, I will mention the progression system in everything. Yes. To yes, a point you watch where, like, before my editor's you buy like, the same thing. 100% my editor will be like, 
okay we literally like we were like a paragraph on the progression system like look yes. it's very important to me like it's what matters for me i am the exact um, same way like every before you buy like i might sound like a broken record but i'm like oh, now let's get into the progression system for five it's what minutes keeps you going like it's yeah, what, oh, if, yeah. If it, like oh it's 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 very important uh you have another game on here that i am currently in the boat of not caring about but did you get hands-on yes. with uh it's agents of mayhem did you get hands-on yes i didn't i actually just got to watch over someone's shoulder uh but i spent a lot of time watching watching over someone's shoulder uh and that was a game i was like nope 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 don't care nothing nah and i came away going yeah i'll probably play that nice awesome uh it definitely seems like i i think part of what strengthens my feelings on it is the fact that i did get hands-on with crackdown 3 and uh there you they you can compare the two they're trying similar things and uh, I really liked how Agents of Mayhem kind of did the whole open world superhero thing. Yeah, I really, I really did. Like it just, it just seems fun, ridiculous, lighthearted. Uh, the the trailers did not do a good job of selling the game at all. That's why I wasn't interested. Yeah, it just didn't yeah. really do. And but I think Saints Row the Third is art. But still, yes. like I think oh, Agents of, of Mayhem yeah, just yeah. didn't really grab me. Yeah, well, because it was like, hey, all that stuff you liked about Saints Row Three, let's kind of do it again, but with seemingly less of the personality yeah uh but it 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 does seem like it's gonna be fun it it really does i was i came away smiling which is good i did not expect that at all i expected to completely completely not even want to go near the thing a smiling jake makes me happy so i'm happy that agents Uh, of mayhem is doing well uh you did mention crackdown three and our next award is games you were super into into until you actually saw or played it uh what is what what's going on poorly with crackdown three because i'm in the i currently in the not caring about it very much boat so poorly i mean i'm so i'm a mega fan i've been anticipating this forever uh so i'm probably like super harsh on it uh but it just felt not very next gen to me it just felt like another crackdown right where we left off right where we left off from one and two uh the single player component i got to play i got to spend a decent amount of time with it uh the world just seems kind of lifeless uh the fact that there's no destruction in single player i get their reasoning the developers like hammered it into my head like well in single player we don't want destruction because you're the hero so you don't want to go causing 9-11 every two minutes Mm. uh but i don't know it seems like weird dodgy speak because it is going to be in the multiplayer full destruction is in the multiplayer uh so i'm almost thinking like maybe the single player component is more rushed or yeah. put, I, I don't I don't know, uh, but the developers confirm with me that there's all the stuff I like, like a progression uh, with a growing character and transforming cars and all that stuff. So I'm into that. But I just after I played it, I was just like, OK, I don't know. It just left me feeling like, all right, cool, I guess. And that to me sucks. You know, the fact that yeah. I wasn't like, yo, oh, my God, Crackdown 3. Like I was just like, <laughs> shru- I was just like shrugging. I was like, OK, cool, I guess. I, I don't know. It just looked it looked dull to me. It looked really wa- not I don't know watered down. Maybe it, it just looked similar to what Agents of Mayhem looked like to me. It was like oh, this doesn't look like it has much personality going for it. Like Terry Crews, yeah. sure that looked cool and all that stuff, but like which they I, fucked up, dude. Because you can play as him in the game. They did confirm, uh huh. But they didn't show any of that. They just why him, like I don't I don't know. Man, this that, single like, player thing sounds weird that they didn't show. Is that the end of this year? Or early next year? That is. I don't know. I hope it's this year. Dear God. Yeah, I was gonna. I'll, I'll look it up while you're talking. But that's like. I expected that, like that to be their be. flagship. I expected that to be one of their flagship Xbox One X games. 
mm-hmm. to be like, look at the power of the Xbox One X. Look at this giant, amazing city and all this cool stuff going on. But that uh, that wasn't the case at all. It was more like, oh, yeah, yeah, Crackdown 3 is still around. We got power it. Power of the cloud. Yeah. That's, that's one of those things they really, really pushed for that. Uh, November 7th, 2017 is what I'm seeing. So Okay, cool. So it should be the end of this year. Um, birth, birthday game. Hey. <laughs> let me give one that... Actually, I only have one for this. I have one winner for this category. Uh, this this games we're super into and then saw it and not so into it. Uh, Beyond yeah. Good and Evil 2 uh, was this two degrees, like two layers of disappointment. Um, well, first it was a super high because I thought the initial part of that trailer, that cinematic trailer was interesting and yeah. stylized. And I'm like, oh, man. But then it got... There's this charm with the original Beyond Good and Evil, like this weird... I don't know, colorful, but really kind of dystopian type of world. And like, you're this person who's taking pictures all the time and not just going around and killing people and doing everything crazy. You are killing some people, but, um, and like the trailer was just 800 F bombs, which really just threw me off for the tone of what beyond good and evil at least was, um, like this weird raunchy take on it. And then I was listening to, um, there was a giant bomb night show where, I think it was a Griffin McElroy and then Austin Walker had both played it. And a lot of what I'm hearing is, no man's sky esque in what oh, it no. is playing like and oh, this procedural no. nature to certain things and as they're describing it it just sounds like the opposite of what i want out of beyond and good beyond good and evil sequel and i get it like i think beyond good and evil and mirror's edge have a lot of similarities not at all in how they play but in being these cult games that not that many people played but the people who played are very vocal they're very passionate and they want another one um, yes. and just doing exactly what they did again, like the new Mirror's Edge, it doesn't really work because you can see a lot of tweets saying they want it, but then they don't buy it. Uh, and if you do the same thing, it's not going to appeal to a new audience. It's going to appeal to that core audience. So I understand doing something different with Beyond Good and Evil 2, but from that trailer and from what I heard afterward about how it's actually playing, and it's behind closed doors, it's early, um, it just sounds like a direction that I don't care about, and that bumps yeah. me out. I wanted to be sold a little bit more on why is this Beyond Good and Evil 2? Like, why is it called Beyond Good and Evil 2? Yes. Because I'm into the the talking points. The way they were talking about it seems really ambitious. Uh, but yeah, I was like, okay, but sell me on why spiritually or, or anything or mechanically why it's Beyond Good and Where's Evil 2. Where's my camera? Yeah. Just give me a yeah. camera. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it felt like a new property that they decided to put the Beyond Good and Evil name on, which is weird because that name doesn't sell anyone anything. Again, it gets people like us freaking out when that moment happens in the press conference. You're like, holy shit, it's really this. But that doesn't mean anything to most people. So the entire yeah. thing just felt very bizarre. Uh, and I loved the passion from uh, Michelle Ansel, but like, I just didn't... I, I walked away from that kind of bummed about what I think Beyond Good and Evil 2 is going to be if it ever actually comes out. Yeah, that's still a very much a What's thing a big if question it ever mark. comes out. My other, my I think my other kind of disappointment was uh, Destiny Two. Yeah, uh, Destiny Two mostly because like the main the main booth there, all we got to play was a Crucible match, and I was like, oh, okay. This That's like the last thing I care game. about with Destiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, Crucible's fine, but like I don't. This doesn't tell me anything. Uh, I it felt fine. It felt the same. I don't know. Uh, that's all I had. Uh, I still like overall like I'm the person that played the first year of Destiny. Uh, understood the appeal, but also like, eh, I just want more from this. So eh, ne- maybe next time. Uh, so I expected two to really be the big overhaul of like what their vision was for the first game. And destiny two seems to be like more like, Oh, the first game, but like under the hood, we fixed everything. And now it all makes sense. And I, I just wanted a more complete overhaul of the lore, the world, the gameplay, everything. Um, yeah. so, so this kind of just reinforced that. Like I played crucible and I'm like, yeah, okay. This is 
still destiny i know a lot of people love it i'm kind of in the middle on it whatever yeah i i'm the exact same person as you were like some parts of the original destiny appealed to me but most of it was like eh, you know we'll see maybe if they get it right the next time and i do think that game sold a lot so maybe it doesn't need the overhaul that we're talking about but for me to be yeah. interested in it it needed an overhaul and i know everyone said destiny 1.5 but this feels like destiny 1.5 just from everything i've yeah. seen and i just um we'll talk about it later i think we're gonna have different opinions on this um i think anthem looks like what i wanted destiny to be um okay yeah and but i we'll get into that into a different award later so yeah destiny i i don't think it's ever going to be for me i'm happy i'm happy people are happy with it and like it but it didn't hasn't shown me anything really yet um mm. so the main three press conferences we haven't talked too much about so let's do a quick let's let's, let's turn it to a bit positive for a second Let's give one thing that we love the most from each of the press conferences. Uh, let's start with, we'll start with Xbox. Um, and for me, it's very much the indie showcase they had. Like they had yeah. this string of trailers, this string of like different indie games that um, E3 four years ago was like indie central, indie paradise on some of these press conferences. This year it didn't feel like it at all, except for Xbox, which um, just kind of had this reel from uh, Chris Charla, who's, awesome dude who's doing a great job bringing people to the edit xbox program and for me it was kind of this cool breakup in between all of the the million you know 50 million dollar massive projects is here's hey we still care about indie games um and i guess as some indies have called it to me triple i which is like the big budget indies like there were some of those there that seemed like they had a big budget behind it but in general uh it was just cool to see and also cuphead has a release date and i'm so fucking happy and excited to play me too me too. Oh my god. Uh, for me, I think it was the Xbox One X, if I can, if I, if that counts. Yeah. Uh, m- more because it wasn't the. It, it was interesting because I expected this to usher in this whole new weird console in between cycle, but it didn't really seem to move mountains. But it still had me interested in a in a directional sense because now me from the outside looking in, it seems like Xbox is pivoting to saying. Okay, if we don't have every single Gangbuster exclusive all the time, we're going to make Xbox and PC the place to play third-party games. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I play all my third-party stuff on PS4, but if you guys are trying to, you know, switch that up, I'm curious to see what you got. So the Xbox One X to me was pretty exciting about that. And the fact that they announced it and they said, also, it's our smallest Xbox ever. And I yeah. was like, oh, oh, okay. I mean, you you guys didn't have to do that, like, but that's very cool of you. I, I expected this thing to be a giant beast. Yeah, you'd and, think it'd uh, be this big, like, super hot all the time from how, like, much power it's pushing out sort of console yeah. with this the vape chamber, whatever they called it, inside of it. But it sounds <laughs> like it's actually, like, this small, super powerful box that uh, the nice price has me interested to see yeah. how it goes and, like, how they're positioning it. I'm fascinated. I still don't know who the hell it's for. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's my uh, issue because it's yeah. – it, it seems like it's in this weird spot where it's like, wait, why don't you just get a PC versus yeah, – I don't know. I, I'm the least fascinated by it. I think that's the whole of the it. podcast. Like, uh, yeah, that's – if I ever get Phil Spencer on here, I have some questions for him. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Um, for Sony, I, uh, I'll admit that I'm – like, I, I really appreciate Sony Santa Monica – because I do have, you know, I work with them to a certain extent. Um, yeah. But being able to actually see God of War in action, um, how far they've come with that, and knowing how proud that team is of that game and how nervous they were to show it, because everyone's nervous to show big games like that. Um, I had lost a lot of interest in, like, later God of Wars, but that one just looks incredible. Like, it looks like exactly the game I want that series to become. Yes. Uh, that kind of over-the-shoulder, almost... Um, 
the Last of Us style, but with Kratos and trying to make Kratos a relatable character, which we'll see how that goes. But like, I'm just fascinated, and everything about it looks incredible. Like, I, smart, I a smart evolution. Like, it's just smart and tasty. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, because you could have, you know, I don't really think you could have easily just randomly been like, All right, here's another action game. Like, there's not even that many games like that anymore. Like, there's yeah. no like Devil May Cry games or any like fast action games like that anymore. But it is a smart evolution. Something they maybe had to do. But I love the direction they took. And uh, yeah, that was the one game I look at when I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm fully in. Like, I'm so in on God of War. For me, it wasn't a surprise or anything, just like God of War, but uh, Spider-Man. Seeing Spider-Man up and running, looking uh, pretty damn incredible uh, graphically. Uh, I was actually, like, I wasn't, like, screaming and jumping out of my chair like I would be as a Spider-Man fanboy. uh, Because it it honestly looks like a lot of the conventions of how the combat is and how the the locomotion is. A lot like the last licensed Amazing Spider-Man game, which I play every single one of those damn games. And it wasn't so bad, but this seems like just that on crack, like times a thousand, way better quality, just a way better game all around. And it's pretty much, I mean, like, I don't know what I was expecting. It's a Spider-Man game. How different can it be? But it looks good. It just looks solid 100% like how a Spider-Man game should be from the combat to the certain like the, the 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 way he moves, the way he reacts, the look of the game, the feel of New York City, which we got a little bit of, and I was into. And also, I don't care. I mean, quick time events. A lot of people don't like them, but those scenes were still thrilling as hell, man. I don't know. Yeah. That was really cool shit. So yeah, that, was, I was, that was it for me. I was a little worried about how many quick time events there were, but I agree. It's still it's fun. Like it's it's a big blockbuster thing, and uh, yeah. everything I've heard from them. One um, Sunset Overdrive is. A lot of that locomotion system and what they did with that, they're uh, using and evolving Insomniac is to make this game better. So, like, they're carrying over from their, you know, Xbox exclusive project, which is funny because now this is a PlayStation exclusive uh, project. Oh, whoops. Um, but, like, and also they keep referencing Spider-Man 2, which is, like, the Spider-Man to reference. So, I feel like they know yeah. what they're going for. Like, it's not like this is another movie tie-in Spider-Man game. Like, this feels like, look, we know Spider-Man games haven't been great recently. We know which ones were good we already have this like locomotion system set and ready to go. Let's just fucking do this. And I, like you said, it wasn't one of those like, holy shit, fuck yeah, every five seconds moments. But it's like, oh no, this just looks like a very good Spider-Man game. And you and I could really use a very good Spider-Man game. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, well said, dude. Oh my God. It's 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 super cool looking. Um, So Nintendo for me, uh, I, I t- hinted earlier that I'm considering buying a Switch. Dude, I know it's the easy answer to talk about Mario, but like the fact that I will continue to fight for the fact that I think the Switch did not launch with enough games and it still feels very barren to what yeah. it should be. Like people are hungry for games on that and it's doing well in terms of console sales and like could you imagine if they would have had just a few like third party something that like it would sell crazy right now. It would be one of those like Remember when Knack sold a whole bunch because everyone bought yep. a PlayStation 4 and they just wanted to get stuff? Like, you could have put so yep. many things like that. And that's why Mario Kart 8 is doing so well. But the fact that we're getting what could be one of the best Zelda games ever in the same year that we're getting what looks to be one of the best Mario games ever is bonkers. Um, it's Yeah. They took two franchises that, of course, are hyper popular and everyone loves them, but were in need of kind of a little bit of juice. And they found the perfect way to do it for Zelda. And it looks like they found the perfect way to do it for Mario. And there's just this level of creativity, this level of reinvention that Nintendo is capable of that I hate to sound generic and say no one else is, but it just feels like no one else is. And like that, yeah. they floored me. Like as I'm seeing that, I'm like, man, I thought like 
I have not. I didn't even play Mario Galaxy or Galaxy Two, which is insane. I know it's supposed to be super great. Yeah, um, fuck. I know. I, I miss out, and I haven't played a Zelda game in a long ass time since like Wind Waker because like nothing had really grabbed me from those. It just felt like interesting yeah. iterations. This feels like the first time where I'm like, I just all I want to do is just buy a Switch and play those two games. Uh, and so like Nintendo really they had like what a 30 or 40 minute presentation uh and i don't think they had did the best press conference because it was weird how they're like all these games are 2017 and they had like eight 2018 games in a row yeah. but like i'm mario looks amazing and incredible and I, I took the easy answer but that's what stuck out with me for nintendo i was keeping my eye on uh the the, the follow-through i mean we got zelda upon launch then we're getting super mario odyssey in the fall and i was like okay cool great awesome but like what's next and nintendo yeah. can often just not have a follow-through or bomb one like they've done multiple times with consoles uh but they they surprised me and mostly impressed me i mean they're like all right we got a kirby coming boom we got a yoshi coming boom and we got a metroid prime 4 coming whoa which was really uh out, out of left field for me but i was like okay there's a follow-through there's a there's a plan there's life after mario and zelda and arms uh so that's that pleased me i didn't really totally expect it but yeah. I'm, I'm happy that they did it Nintendo, I'm very hopeful for Nintendo, even though I Metroid Prime 4 might be like five years off or something like that. I just think a lot of the stuff they did was super smart. Uh, so next, slightly negative category. So this is games or game people are talking super positively about that you might think suck when they come out. <laughs> um, and I, it's weird. I think Ubisoft had maybe the best showing out of anyone, but um, everyone's talking about Skull and Bones and like, I get it. And you mentioned earlier you love Black Flag, and I did too. Yeah. One of my least favorite parts was going in boats and attacking other boats. Like, the idea for me of just, like, hey, we made that that thing that a lot of people like from Black Flag into just a game itself, like, yeah. doesn't fascinate me in any way. Like, for me, and it, it's, just a, it's just a personal thing. Like, I, I am way more interested in what um, Sea of Thieves is doing. Like, the, the, the sort of the art style, the co-op nature of it, getting off of the boat. This feels so restrictive. I'm like, I'm just yes. in this goddamn boat, and who knows? Maybe there is like get off the boat mode, um, but this feels like where you're gonna want to get off the skateboard in a skate game, or you're gonna want to get <laughs> out of a car in a Need for Speed game, where you're like, oh, I'm just tied to this boat. Uh, and, and the I other one, I love the boat combat. Like, I love the boat combat from AC Black Flag, but I saw this and I was like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't really want this. I like Good. it as an ancillary thing. I like it as like a, a piece of a game. As a yeah. full game, it, I, I think it looks beautiful. I think the idea could work for some people, but I just think it's going to get so old so fast. I wish they didn't spend so much time on it because it seemed honestly like, I mean, I know there's a whole giant team working on it, but it seemed to me like a bit of a flip where they were just like, all right, we got this good system. Now let's make a multiplayer game out of it. Good. Cash in. Like, I don't think they needed to spend a half hour of a press conference on it Yeah, uh, because it seems so much like, I mean, I've spent, I have like a hundred, a hundred and something hours in Black Flag. So like I could tell every single like button prompt, every effect Every little like graphical effect when the ship moved forward was like completely 100% from Black Flag. And I was like, oh, my God. That game like, like, wow. like four or five years old, six years old. I don't yeah. know, it feels so old. It just seems so strange to me that like, yeah, like you said, like that was this long demo. That feels like it should be a, a really cool $30 downloadable thing you do. It's like, hey, here's this new multiplayer thing we're doing. You're in yeah. boats. Have fun. Uh, it, I was it very much like, okay, Sea of Thieves is for me. I'll take Sea of Thieves. I'm yeah, good. and I think a lot of people were the opposite. Like a lot of people yeah. were like, no, I'm into this fucking yeah. hardcore boat game. But uh, Yeah, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it either. The other one I just don't see. Um, so Far Cry 5 initially really grabbed me with this concept like oh yeah this crazy cult and stuff like that and it seems like 
I could be wrong. Like the the dude goes on stage and acts very like this is fucking real. Like this shit is crazy. <laughs> and then it's like this goofy kind of Far Cry game when you're watching it, where like there's this weird kind of like shooting the gun to the song thing and things exploding. And I just don't know. I I don't know how they're gonna balance the weight of the the story, the weight of the themes they're trying to pull out there with this goofy everything explodes and like ultra violent Far Cry nature that we've had in the past. We're like I'm just worried it's gonna end up being a weird story tied to a, a franchise that I've played way too much of where like Far Cry just feels old to me and I don't know if they've changed enough other than making it feel really controversial and interesting at the start and then kind of going back to I was to, surprised how similar it looked. Yeah, I was me surprised too. that was the huge really thing was. about it for me. It looked like another Far Cry game. Yeah, I was like, "Whoa, okay. I still I still think it's going to be really good, but I uh definitely was expecting to see gameplay and be like, "Whoa, this is totally different, dude." And it's 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 not. It's Far Cry. Yeah. You know? That's exactly how I felt. Uh, so what is what, what's your game here? Oh, for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I put see, like I wrote down anthem, but I don't know with a question mark it, too. So exactly I, I wrote anthem it. question mark uh, because uh, I'm not convinced yet, but I think there's a lot of potential there. It looks I, I really so do. pretty. It looks so pretty. The, Maybe that's why I'm so fascinated by it. it. Just looks really good. The combat didn't really do anything for me. Like a lot of the open world stuff didn't do it for me, but two things did really do it for me. Uh, number one, walking around in the quest, like, hub area, and a person gives you a, a quest by intimately getting right up in your face and speaking to you about I, something. Is it weird that that almost felt like, hey, you're shitting on our face tech from Mass Effect? Look at our fucking face tech yeah. now. Yeah, oh, it was, like a, it was like a big fuck you, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I like that. I think not a lot of people picked up on that, but I'm like, wow, this is a new way to receive quests a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that, and just less of the the open world like shoot and quest and destiny and loot stuff and more of the like oh you're iron man that's where i'm like okay if they really capitalize on that and they just like if i really can just hop off a cliff and then my boosters just kick in and i fly away like all right i think there could be something there yeah it it just still has to come together for me it still has to come together like i'm still just not totally sold there's so many elements going on there that, like, I, I, I agree. I do need some time to actually see, like, all right, what is this thing? Because there's a lot of things it could be, but I think we should just yes. give it time. And like, like you said, I think people are like, so this is going to be the greatest game ever when they saw it. It's like, no, like, this looks really cool and it could be really great, but let's give it time because there's so many things going on with Anthem. Um, but it's a really good name. If you can just get, like, a single word Anthem that no one's done before, good on you. This like, is the anthem. Throw all your that hands should be. Up, if yeah. that is not in the next trailer, some like <laughs> really <laughs> sad version of it, like that's what I that. want. Okay. Oh, you a slow really... version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, I. You don't want to be just like you. <laughs> and then like, someone in, like explodes in, in the background. Yeah. I'm super into this oh idea. God. Okay, next award is the <laughs> oh shit award for best presser moment. Um, oh yeah. And I, I mentioned before the press conferences didn't floor me. Um, but just to hit on the, 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 even though I don't think Beyond Good and Evil 2 looks good, uh, Michelle Ansel coming on stage and getting overwhelmed by announcing this game that's been in development for long in Beyond Good and Evil 2, uh, there were a lot of dudes crying on stage and off stage at pressers, and it was awesome. Like, I love that sort of passion, like you mentioned earlier, hanging out with those people is invigorating. Seeing people going up and being like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm showing this amazing thing I love to all of you, was super awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. I really that that to me is good. I just like that passion. Yeah, and um, Wolfenstein too. I think is another easy answer of like 
motherfucker dropped acid at the end of the trailer and saw a crazy cartoon like gecko kind of lizard thing and i think wolfenstein 2 is the greatest game ever yeah they're just going for it like 100 percent. yeah I, so... I was really like whoa like i didn't expect them to spend that much time on it because it's kind of like what they really had yeah uh but i i was totally totally into it for me the the biggest moment was during days gone because they tried to go for like a cirque du soleil visual press visual component at the press conference they had people come down on ropes and they were like dead zombies hanging from nooses while the while in the game in the scene there were also dead zombies hanging from ropes uh that uh, that was a holy shit moment for me because i was like what is going on Wait, were you at that actual presser were you in the audience no i wasn't oh man uh I wish I was, but I, they showed it in the stream and I was like, whoa, okay. All right. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that was bizarre. Uh, but, uh, also for me, I hate that both of my choices are Sony, but you yeah, maybe, maybe I should have thought about this more, but, uh, Shadow of Colossus to me was a big, big surprise. Yeah. And, and that's cool. Cause there, I don't want a lot of reboots or remakes, but that's, that's one I freaking want. So that you know what? Give it to me. Came out of nowhere for me. Cause I had heard something about like people on twitter being like sony just made it you know, a trademark for a shadow trademark. of the colossus yeah, yeah. and i was like wait that makes no sense why would they already have that it's their game and like that's just me being an idiot and not really knowing like wait why would they need this um the fact that they're like redoing that entire game and it looks like a ps4 game was like what like I, it was definitely a, a lot of people were like oh did, why don't you just make a shadow of the colossus too and i get it but god there was something really cool about seeing like that game that first that first that first uh colossus like oh turn around and look at you, like man. that game's frame rate was so shitty back then and it could barely yeah. like actually move on a ps2 if we could have like that game but way prettier and like running smoothly that sounds amazing i just hope they don't change a lot of the audio stuff like i really oh, like yeah. that music i really like you know the basics just all the sounds the ambient effects the voices you know yeah it that to me is really special it was I'm so, I'm so ready. I I people can shit on all they want. I get it. I'm I'm yeah. in. I'm fully invested in Shadow of the Colossus Super HD. Um, yeah. this is an award we kind of talked about earlier. Um, when we weren't actually talking about awards, but it's E3 trend that needs to die. Um, and I think for both of us, it's very similar. It's influencers on stage at every single stage, talking at every single event, and also marketing speak is what you have down. Just this idea yes. of using people who are talented and people really enjoy in very bizarre forced ways. Uh, yes. and, uh, for you, when, when was the, what was kind of the worst example of marketing speak you saw that was like, God damn it. Just talk like a human. Uh, it, it wasn't so, it wasn't so bad, but, uh, it, this year EA and Ubisoft still had it. Sony yeah. and Microsoft kind of stayed away from it. Uh, but even Bethesda had a little bit of it with like the modern stuff and like, Oh, you've played our games of this year and we're adding new content. Like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't work for me. I, I really, I like the idea of putting the people up there that make this stuff, but when that's not what you do, it it's very apparent. Yeah. Even even Pete Hines, God God bless him. Uh, sometimes he works without a teleprompter, but this year he worked with one, and it was it was uh, jarring for me. So yeah. I just really I really would like, especially considering now it's less of a press conference briefing and more of just a thing for everyone to watch online and get excited about. So like, go in for that. Like do, like go in that way. Like acknowledge that that it's just fans watching more or less all over the world. Yeah, I and I think you did mention Ubisoft, and they did have some of that marketing speak. But for the next award, which is company whose stock rose the highest after the show, yeah, yeah Ubisoft yeah. for like the Ubisoft press conferences are either like extremely cringeworthy, 
Well, okay, they're almost always extremely cringeworthy. Uh, and there's also just like a lot of marketing speak and a lot of weirdness. There's like weird dancing things. And there was still a dancing and dabbing panda. So like, let me not give them that, that much credit. But they also <laughs> did have these genuine moments like Michelle Ancel coming out, yeah. like the, 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 the developer on Rabbids being in the audience and crying, like Miyamoto coming out with a fucking gun. Like they had yeah. a lot of interesting games, even like the crew too. Um, just all these things that were just like happening and happening and happening. And I was like, Man, I if you would have told me before E3 that Ubisoft would have the best press conference, like I would have said, like no, like their press conference is always goofy as shit and kind of dumb. I thought they yep. knocked out of the park, even as I I told you multiple games from them. I think might not be good, but like they had the most diverse library, the most genuine moments, and some of the most surprises. So like Ubisoft after E3, I was like, good on you. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, also, uh, Sony Sony was good shit. It wasn't uh, a lot of new surprises. It was kind of them doubling down on the, the two gangbuster years they had the year before. Uh, but I, I thought Xbox was just interesting. It kept me interested. And Nintendo had a good little showing. Yeah. Even though it wasn't really an E3 presentation, they did a good job. And they got a lot of people excited and talking. And I think that's important. They kind of used the um the Sony from last year tech- like tactic of... We're going to announce some games that are not going to come out for a long time. When you think of like Shenmue 3 and Final Fantasy 7 Remake, like Nintendo did like a Metroid Prime 4. Also, we are making a real Pokemon game on Switch. And like yes. it, that totally works for the here and now where people get super excited about it, but also leaves in this, in this weird place for like, man, we just used up two big surprises that could have been amazing demos two years from now and be yep. like, in a year or in six months, this is coming out. It's, it's a weird tactic because a lot of people went, uh, you look at Bethesda and Sony and they're like, we're only going to show stuff that's coming out like the end of this year, early next year. And then other people were like, we're going to do stuff that's not coming out till fucking 2020. Like it was yeah. all over the place with that this year. Um, do you know, real quick, lesson? do you know Ubisoft stands for ubiquitous software? Uh, yeah, I did know that. Oh man, I was uh, so excited to like just completely yeah. be like, look at my amazing knowledge that you didn't know. Because I'm always one of those people who is like, is it Ubisoft or Ubisoft? And you learn it's UB because it's ubiquitous. No. Did you like... did you know that did you know that LG doesn't stand for Life's Good? It actually stands for Lucky Gold Star, a Korean company. Wait, is that real? Yeah. You could have totally made that up, and I would have believed you. It like, sounds. You, you had a up. moment where you're like, you know, Nintendo actually stands for n- Nine Inch Nails. N- yeah, hundred percent. Nine, you know, nine inch nails, nails is actually the first part of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, Holy my shit, my next sorry. next award here is the Where's Waldo Award for missing game. Um, and for me, this one was like there weren't that many missing games. Not like where to go, like Last of Us Two, sure, but like I I just want to know what Media Molecule is doing with Dreams. Um, and I really just want to know what Media Molecule is doing because I really miss the days of them being like hyper creative, charming, adorable yeah. games like Little Big Planet. And I'm not, yeah. I don't want a Little Big Planet 4, which I think is what they'd be on. Um, but they're so creative. They're so smart. They're so, uh, innovative in a lot of ways. I just want to know what's going on there. Maybe even if it's not dreams, like what's Media Molecule doing? And I wish maybe that they're not ready. Uh, but I'd love to know what they're up to. The missing uh, Where's Waldo for a lot of people definitely seemed to be The Last of Us 2. I didn't expect it, but a lot of people were. uh, So I saw a lot of people bummed out about that. But for me, uh, the the Where's Waldo, because I'm convinced it exists, uh, a new (laughs) Splinter Cell. Oh, yeah. I'm convinced that it exists. I don't really know shit, but I I just... I'm. It's it's really just a hope and a prayer, but it just feels like it's out there somewhere. I was really expecting this to be our year. (laughs) <laughs> is it weird to say 
that like Hitman being so good and making me like stealth games make me want makes me want to Splinter Cell more. Like I feel like Hitman actually gave me like more hope that the next Splinter Cell can be good because I feel like stealth yeah. games are back, baby. Yeah, oh, damn right. Because Hitman's so good. Thank God for that. I know. I'm so, having that good, good for them too for putting uh, putting that first episode out free. So smart. That's that, excellent. Everyone needs to play that game because I didn't care about Hitman and I fucking love that game. Uh, that makes me so happy. This this award's probably just for me because I think you might actually own a Switch. Um, this is the best reason to buy a Switch award. Easy for me, other than Rabbids, which actually maybe there's multiple answers here. Um, New Mario, and we I gushed about it earlier. I won't go too long here, but again, the fact that I haven't played a New Mario in so long. Um, and I think I got every single star multiple times in Mario 64. Saw Yoshi up on top of the castle multiple times. Like, I played the yep. shit out of Mario 64 and haven't really cared about a Mario game in a while. And this game looks incredible. Um, so I will finally... I had a Switch pre-order for like three months and then got over the pre-order when no other games were coming out. And this will finally be my reason. Um, so... I'll back you. I'll back you on that. I, pl- I got to play it for like a while. I-, I got to play both of those new... I got to play the map... With the uh, like desert, the the frozen desert with the little mariachi guys, and I got to play New Donk City, and I got to spend a significant amount of time in both of them, and it's good. It's real good. It's exactly what you would expect, like from what you see in the trailer and the gameplay and stuff. Uh, it's exactly how it, it feels. Exactly like how you would imagine. Everything is cool. You know, you you pick it up real quick. Mario hauls ass. He can do that triple jump that he always does. Um, New Donk City seems like a really interesting environment because, like, there's lots of weird, awkward, and tricky ways to get up to, like, the tops of buildings. Mm. And there's a lot of secret stuff in there, like pipes that will take you to little bonus sections. Uh, and then the other world had a lot of real fun stuff, like changing outfits. I dressed up as a little business Mario suit, and then I had a little poncho. Oh, that sounds and, amazing. And uh, I rode on, like, a big Aztec lion made out of stone, and we did jumps and we did fun things together, and that was great. Isn't Good it game. incredible game that, year. like... Nintendo pretty much never makes open world games ever, and the two that they make, which are Zelda and like Mario, to a certain extent, is more open, are just like the best open world games we've played in a long time. Like it's it's, it's I, really, I I love this. I lo- one of my favorite things is Japanese game companies takes on like modern Western game game de- de- development conventions, uh, like how Final Fantasy fifteen tackled open world. Uh, how Zelda tackles open world and RPG stuff, like traditional RPG stuff, and Mario Odyssey doing weird stuff with like a store you go to in a game and you collect currency and you spend currency and there's multiple levels and all different little side quests. Yeah, like, I, I I love I love seeing Japanese game devs take on that and and Zelda and now Mario definitely seem like really good examples of them doing it right. It's from a distance, it seems like, oh, late to the party, why why didn't you do this 10 years ago? Yeah. But they come in, they add this new spin to it, where it's like, god yeah. damn, thank god for, like, this this Japanese innovation on things that we've, like... It's nuanced. 100%. It's, it, it is. But, yeah, I, I it's awesome. I love it. Um, So, next one, biggest surprise of E3. Uh, I'll just re- reiterate what you had earlier. I had yeah. just did not expect Shadow of the Colossus remake. Like, for me, that no, came out no of way. nowhere. One of my favorite no games way. of all time. To be able to actually play that and not see it chug to experience all of that again I mean, it won't feel new but it'll feel maybe it, it's it's like that thing where um when i played the new ratchet and clank last year it did a fantastic yeah. job of making me relive that amazing memory and so often when you go back to games you have like the oh this isn't as good as i thought it was but when you have like a yeah. graphical update a control update you'd be like this is exactly like when it when i was a kid or when i was in high school or whatever um and i'm really excited for that so for me i'm all in on shadow of the Colossus. 
I had trouble picking uh, for this one because it was like kind of Metroid Prime 4, uh, which was a weird new game to have. Yeah. I didn't expect that at all. Also, Beyond Good and Evil 2, I just did not see that coming. But uh, I was really surprised by not many Sony games having a fall release. A lot of yeah. that stuff they showed either didn't have a date or was going to be sometime in 2018. Uh, Sean Layden did uh, reiterate saying that it's all early 2018 games, but that can that stuff could be delayed. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I expected a little more like of Sony being like, and it's coming next month or it's coming October. Like, wow, like there was not a lot of that. It was a very much, again, a doubling down year for them. I was just very, again, it was like a really stark contrast to the year before where it's like all this yeah. stuff way in the future. And this is all more like all the stuff in like early 2018. And yeah, I did actually expect a few more like 2017 games, but man, when you have like that good of a lead and you're doing that well maybe you just you you go all in on the certain exclusives you have at the end of the year then you're just humming still like everyone's yeah, still buying third to spend that time 100 yeah. percent. everyone's still buying third party stuff on playstation 4 so like yeah it's it, but it was a surprise for me too um let's 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 close out here real quick with our yeah. uh three best games of show um uh, you might have had four so I'll, I'll let that slip. Like an idiot, so. <laughs> uh, we already talked about Wolfenstein, so I don't need to get back into that. I think the yeah. first Wolfenstein is incredible. I think this looks like they just gave them full reign to do whatever the hell they want, and oh, yeah. it looks so much better for it. That trailer's so good because it's the most like awkward cuts, but it was working for the entire tone of it. So I'm fully invested in Wolfenstein. Um, Dragon Ball Z Fighters with a Z looks like the game I've wanted since I was seven years old. Like it looks so good graphically and it I finally cried. i almost cried when I'm, i've it. watched that like i think my brother my older brother did cry he's probably crying right now still because he's the biggest <laughs> dragon ball z fan i've ever heard like talked to in my entire life um i've seen the entirety of dragon ball z maybe i would say saiyan saga like every episode six times like and it's like that level with like cell saga until like the boo saga and stuff like that i'm a, yes. i'm a massive nerdy fan with dragon ball z and I've reviewed a lot of those games. I've played maybe every single Dragon Ball Z game out there. This final looks like, hey, we're going to take this seriously and make a real good video game around Dragon Ball Z. And it's just art, art direction, everything is incredible. So that's like, I'm not even a huge fighting game guy. I will play yeah, the no. shit out of that game. Um, and the other. Not only does it look great, not only does it look great though, but it looks fast and chaotic. Yes. Like it's, it's graphically, it looks great, but it's also like in motion. It's like, whoa, holy shit. Switching out of characters is like a little cutscene. Like, there's, oh, yeah. there's so much going on that I'm just. Oh my God. I'm in. Um, Metro Exodus was one of the best looking games. I mean, if I had to pick one, that's probably my actual game of show. I'm a huge Metro guy. Um, it's a big surprise. Games, it was it was a huge surprise, and it comes out and it's like this semi open world. It's gorgeous, like it has all of the elements of a metro game. That's sort of uh, just isolation, but in this not an ugly world. It's like a destroyed world, but it's beautiful in a certain type of way. This almost like post apocalyptic, but there's still things growing back, and it's everything about it. I'm just so into. Um, I I think that series is underrated. Um, I was a little I, pissed, dude. I was a little pissed because the game was in engine, but it very much played like a a concept trailer because all of those animations were canned. Yeah, and none of, none of that stuff was really real. Yeah, uh, it definitely played very carefully. Like you could tell certain aspects of it were like, oh, that's not how people play. Like a lot of yeah. this is just like, like super. Oh, this isn't canned. totally a game part. You know? Yeah, but but even... I was happy to see the, the 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 oxygen counter and him messing with bullets. Like if those are yep. still in, if they don't dumb that stuff down. Yes. Yeah, give me That's give me an good. open world version of what makes Metro so good. And even if a lot of that game was like that presentation was canned, 
they're on the total right direction in that. As long as they don't like Absolutely. yank everything out of the Metro series, I'm so in. So if I had to choose one, plot my game a show, but for me it's Wolfenstein 2, it's Dragon Ball Fighters, and it's Metro Exodus. Uh, for me, it's Spider-Man, which we talked about already, because I, I really liked I, re- I really liked seeing that just in motion, and it was exactly what I was hoping for. Uh, Metroid Prime 4, tied with Wolfenstein 2, uh, because I love Wolfenstein as much as you. I appreciate it for all those things, and it's just it's just nuts this time. Uh, but Metroid Prime 4 was just such a weird, unexpected surprise, but also yeah. something that I've always wanted. Uh, but, but really, uh, Call of Duty World War II, and I'm not even like the biggest Call of Duty wow. guy. Uh, I got to spend a lot of time with it, and I love a good Call of Duty single player campaign. And uh, it's a good it's it's a good campaign. It looks like it's got some good stuff. It looks like characters that are actually it, it looks like it has characters that are actually characters. Uh, it has it, it looks amazing. Uh, it, it has lots of gore, like lot like gore you would not expect in a Call of Duty game. I saw a cornered Nazi sh- blow himself in the head. Uh, I, I saw a dude. I saw a dude's bones. Uh, <laughs> it, it, but it, it seems like a good World War II-ass campaign, and uh, I'm into that. Uh, multiplayer, too, just because I had so much fun with it. It plays very much more like Modern Warfare or Call of Duty 2 and 3, uh, but it, it it was good. It was just good. Is it I had weightier? Such a good time Is there more it. weight to the like the actual movement and the shooting and everything? Than, it, it, a little it, bit, looked, yeah. it looked more deliberate, if that might be the right word. A little word. bit, yeah. A little bit. I was expecting, the way they were talking it up when they first revealed the game, I was expecting it to feel a lot more different. Like, whoa, no regenerating health? Wow, that's like a game changer. It's not that big of a deal. It didn't make a difference for me. Uh, it dil- It does still feel like just like Call of Duty, which was where I was disappointed. But... I just had I just had such a good time with it, and it felt like a good, authentic World War II game. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It feels really weird for me to put that as one of my best of show, but I can't wait to play it. So no, that's, I, that's it. That's I the think, bottom line, right? I think it's time to get away from modern modern combat. Like I think it's time to go back. It, it feels like it, they had already kind of done everything they could there and it sounds like it's crazy if you tell me this like 10 years ago it's like they've done everything with world war ii but now i i think it's time now that we have yeah. like xbox one x i would love to see it running on that um oh yeah so that's our awards that's the podcast uh, i don't want to keep you too much longer uh jake is there anything that you need to promote any videos that you're doing soon that you could talk about uh any e3 coverage that's still coming out uh, what I would say is it's it's one of our, our, our lesser viewed videos from our E3 coverage. We did uh, a walkthrough type of video. What's uh, Should You Go to E3 is the title. Mm. Uh, you know, really, it was it's just me kind of explaining to people like if, you, if you've never been to E3, what to really expect, especially now that it's open to the public. And, and, and should you go if it's open to the public? I tried to make a really quick video. We had like no time, but I tried to make a really quick like runoff video just to kind of like, you know, speak about it. And uh, that was fun to do because we had like uh, some some mo- some motion stuff going on. Uh, that was really fun. And also, uh, I just put out on my side channel, youtubecom slash games uh, just a breakdown of some of my favorite stuff I saw. I go more into depth with uh, Mario Odyssey, Call of Duty, a little bit of Destiny, uh, Forza Motorsport Seven, which is you know exactly what you would expect, but it's good. I go into detail with a lot of that stuff. So uh, yeah, if y'all could check that out, that would be cool. You probably like it. 
Awesome. Hey, uh, it, it's cool to like randomly have these conversations like every couple months to just like see what's going on in your world and also hear like I have a million new subscribers on my YouTube channel. You're, <laughs> it's it, it's cool to get these updates and see how well you're doing. Uh, hopefully next E3 I'll actually be there. I could be on all yeah, your videos. You we can we can yeah. we can tag team this like we're some sort of professional wrestlers or drunk, something. Drunk podcast session where we just talk about Dragon Ball Fighter Z for oh, four God. hours. Wait, but is <laughs> it is it actually going to be out before then? When's that coming out? Early 2018. I, is it actually going to be Fighters or Fighter Z? I don't know. It's, it's Fighter Z, but the Z is attached to Fighter, so I think it's Fighters. That's Damn the it. most important <laughs> question. That's the, the <laughs> thing that I we need to go talk to the developer right now. I will come out of review retirement to review that game. Someone pay me. You know what? I'll, <laughs> I'll pay you if I get to get back. that shit early. Uh, That's fine. <laughs> thanks again, Jake. Let's do it. For uh, bullshitting with me for an hour. Um, and It is always a pleasure. I love it. These are some of my favorite podcasts. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. Uh, we're almost at 100 episodes, which is the craziest thing in the world. Uh, still planning on that. Still planning for who that's going to be. But uh, thanks, everyone, for all of the new subs, the new downloads, and sticking around. Hopefully, tune back in for the next episode of the 1099.